Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Mainstream by Sifter. My name is Gianni and it's been a big year for games. If this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, well, this will be a good one for you to have a listen to because this is our Game of the Year episode. A lot of outlets will put in together their big lists of everything here and each of the team here at Sifter have spent time considering the games that they've played this year and uh, you know these are the ones that have made the biggest impact, the ones that stuck with them, the ones that make them think uh, long past putting that controller down or loading that final save game. Joining me on the episode is most of the Sifter team uh, this week. We've got Nicholas Kennedy. G'day mate, how you doing? We've got Fiona Bartholomeus. Hello. We've got Mitchell Lowe. Hello. And uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit about some of the games that we have enjoyed through this year. And this is Mainstream, and this is part one of our 2021 Games of the Year. Hi, my name is Kyle Paletto, and here at Sifter, we're proud to bring you some of the best independent games journalism in Australia. I'm excited to introduce a brand new weekly show to the Sifter roster, a gaming news show called Walkthrough. I'll let you know which company has been bought out this week, all the blockbuster titles that have just been announced, the controversies and the exciting developments every Sunday. I'll also give you an update on the titles out this week and go in depth with some of the biggest stories. I hope you'll join me as I guide you through the news on Walkthrough, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever you like to listen. You're listening to Mainstream by Sifter. Visit us on sifter.com.au. Okay, Nick. Yes. The game you've selected is a game that I actually had never, ever heard of before, uh, which is surprising because I spent and a lot of time. And it's a damn time. shame that yeah. you hadn't yeah. up so until now. Tell me a little bit about, about Mundorn, uh, a game that you have selected as your game of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to admit I was very torn between a couple of different games, but I think uh, the one thread that runs through all of them is a sort of spookiness, I suppose, but maybe that's just more painting myself as someone who's easy to sort of, uh, you know, get on side with a little bit of um sort of folk spook vibe. Um, yeah, Mundorn, it's a, it's a game that I pay, played maybe around about halfway through the year um, after eyeing it off um, through trailers and it was up on, I believe, I believe it originally launched on the Epic Games Store. Um, and it was up there for a little while and I could just tell that there was something about it that, I mean, it's a visually distinctive game. It's It's got entirely hand-drawn textures 
um, that have then obviously been imported into the game and used to create the world, this very sort of sketchbook kind of artistic style. But the basic kind of situation that you find yourself in in Mondon is is it's it's an adventure horror game set in the Swiss Alps. You're a young man who has returned to the town that your grandfather lives in because he has died in a house fire. Um, and you're basically showing up and basically being like, well, I'm here to see off my grandfather. But then obviously things start to occur, um, which sort of, uh, you know, tell the story of this town, tell the history of this town, choices made in the past. It's got a little bit of a Sins of the Fathers vibe to it. I don't want to give away too much of the story. But ultimately, the reason that I selected it is just because there's something about the way that Mundon uh, achieves both a kind of truly unsettling horror atmosphere, but also marries it with a sort of whimsical uh, folk kind of tale version of horror that I can imagine being something that you would hear in a, like an old, you know, old tale that you would read in a book, in an old leather bound book in a library somewhere or in your, you know, your grandparents, um, you know, uh, bookshelf. Karkurdin. Ja, unsem vergai, te piket je stau si keo. Jo sto mal, kio ai nausas novas per tai. Il clavau de teu cartat florin ai berjaus giu. Cure ti legis quelles linjes ad el dedizza traus. Gli è buon necessario che ti fecces il leon viadi si keo. Ti sas denton esser si girs, florin aveva fech pugentai. I think it was that sort of atmosphere that Mondon manages to create that ultimately had it really sort of penetrate me in a way that was kind of like a lot of the games that I played this year were excellent, but a lot of them also were butting up against my feeling this year of just being very exhausted and being very like I was low energy this year. I imagine a lot of us were, but there was a warmth. At the same time, I think to Mundon that really kind of welcomed me into it, which is something that horror games don't usually do. They kind of make you feel uncomfortable and bad and like you want to leave those environments as quickly as possible. And as someone who um, was kind of, you know, came into horror games with Amnesia, The Dark Descent, and with all of the games that were spawned from that game um, or, uh, roughly a decade ago, actually, I think, possibly more, um, it was extremely refreshing to play something like Mondon, which, yeah, di- bucked a lot of the sort of disposition towards the player that I think a lot of horror games have started to almost take as, you know, it's it's just a presupposition that a lot of games have that they need to make you feel a particular way or there are like basic vibes that it needs to go for. Mondon is full of incredible visuals and incredible creativity um, that I just don't think you really see in a lot of horror games anymore. And I and, and I think it can be something as simple as, you know, it's it's seeing the 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 man that you have been seeing kind of watching you reflected massively in a lake below a cliff face that you're standing on, like massively to the point where it's unworldly Um, or it's talking to, you know, the severed head of a goat, but the goat's fine. It's just chatting to you like nothing's amiss. 
um, or, you know, finding your way through a kind of labyrinthine, uh, you know, wooden home that keeps morphing by candlelight. And you never, there are moments that are terrifying where you're being chased by monsters or you're having to defend yourself. But there are also moments that are curious and, you know, like I mentioned before, full of creativity and full of energy, I think, whereas so many other games often feel energy sapping or horror games, sorry. So many other horror games feel energy sapping. There's a factor that it it has sort of subverted your expectations of what the genre was like and that's why it's stuck with you in such a way. Do you think that's a a part of it? Completely. I think that I think that I'm the next time I play a horror game, it's going to need to if it's just another running away from monsters in a spooky house I'm always going to feel a degree of disappointment, I think, after playing something like Mundan. Um, and I think that that vibe is also, like, you look at something like Inscription released this year, which also has an incredible atmosphere and vibe, but it, it's it got an incredible degree of detail and creativity in that that has this almost funness to it. It's it's winking at you in a way. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's that's kind of why, for me, Mundan just really stuck with me after I finished it. Um, It's a game I imagine I'll probably return to and play again, you know, over the break. Um, It has just been, yeah, it it has really stuck out to me as something that I really, I'm really glad I had time with it throughout the year. Um, And yeah, so that's why it's my my game of the year. Who do you think this game is for? Is it for people who are, you know, well steeped in the genre and want something a bit different? Is it for people who want a, a foot in the door to try and experience something they normally wouldn't play? I think it's, there are two camps. I think it's for people that love old, that love film and media based on fairy tales and, you know, old uh, myths and legends and that kind of thing. I'm thinking here of even films like Midsommar or, I even got a little bit of like the Wicker Man from this, like the original, um, I believe it was, uh, oof, I can't remember the actor that was in the original one. All I can think of is Nick Cage with bees. But um, uh, yeah, it's for people that love that stuff. But I can also imagine people like myself who come from a background of loving games like Amnesia, games like Outlast, who want something just a bit different that's coming from a different perspective. Um, I think that, the, that, that Mondana will really speak to them as well. There's just so much in here in it and in its runtime and in its different environments that it takes you to, to just sort of pick through and constantly kind of just be wowed by in a way, or just kind of be, you know, like, Oh, this is just, this is just nifty. This is just cool. And I, it's so cool that this game is doing that. Um, Any final thoughts? What's something that you think that this game has done in a way that, you know, it's just a small tweak perhaps that has made such a big difference to, to what, why you make it your game of the year. Well, you get a car in it. So you um I feel a bit bad. I feel a bit bad pointing that out, but it, it, since a lot of horror games are so about sort of clothes boxing you in and and um you know preventing you from doing things, Mundan is quite open. It's quite airy. You're constantly in these mountain passes and the way that you get around large swaths of the game is by driving this hay transportation vehicle that comes with a holster behind the driver's seat for not a shotgun but a pitchfork for hay bailing um so it was it was the drive the moment that i got that car i think was the moment where i was like oh this game is doing something different this game wants me to feel differently um 
and, and, and approach its world differently. So I think for me, that was something that, you know, Mundan will always stick out in my mind. But the thing about Mundan that I think will stick about in my mind the most, <clears throat> sorry, is yeah, the, uh, the tractor car thing that it gave me. Did you just drive and see how far you could just keep going before the game wouldn't let you? Well, look, it's not necessarily, it's not an open world. I do have to point yeah. that out. But I imagine maybe if I was a little more creative, I could try to, uh, you know, get it up on a rock and maybe get over some, you know, roadside barrier and see if I could start trundling down the mountain or something like that. But unfortunately, I wasn't, wasn't quite that creative. But I may have to try that the next time I boot it up. Uh, sounds like a game you'll definitely be returning to. That's Mundorn, um, which is uh, by the Swiss developer Hidden Fields, one of the first picks for our game of the year. Sit down for a chat with your pals in video games. This is Mainstream. Fiona, uh, we've had a little bit of a chat about this already, this game, but it's one that kind of came out of... Um, left field for a lot of people maybe the expectations uh for this game was mm. a bit different um tell me about your pick for the game of the year 2021 yes my game of the year is guardians of the galaxy it took me hugely by surprise because when the trailer came out like a lot of people were very so-so on reactions not sure what it was going to be like but i thought why not let's just buy a game so i bought it and i love it to bits um i think the thing that has made me love it so much is just the character development and the character interactions. It's quite a simple game in terms of your, you play a star Lord uh, leading sort of your crew of the guardians of the galaxy, of course, getting in trouble with the police, having to pay off fines and then getting sucked into universe ending plots. But a lot of the gameplay is quite simple in terms of just small battles, but it's the characters that I love so much. Um, you can go into it with not a huge amount of background on these characters, but you learn to love them through their interactions of each other, how they react, and when you find out more about their history. And it's a choice-based game too, which are my favourite kinds of games. So you're very much in control and you can make Star-Lord super optimistic, which I did, or you can make him a real jerk to everyone, which I cannot do with my characters. Um, but I had so much fun with this game and I actually completed it, which is a huge deal for me because I don't really complete a lot of games I kind of put it on the back burner and then forget it but with this one I was actually when I was doing things throughout the day I was actually making time so I, so I could sit down and play it because the story was just really good and maybe wanted to come back to it. Tell me a little bit about I guess the, the thoughts about this game and the, some of those relationships some of those little moments that stood uh, the test mm. of time or st- you know, stuck with you that you were trying to tell people uh, about why they should play this game? I guess because there's moments like for for fans, they would know these characters quite well and I follow more the movies than I have the comics because I haven't been able to get into them. But the moments of when there's very intimate sections where they're talking about what's happened to them in the past and just those really heartfelt moments interspread with all the humour parts really like drew me close to the characters and I haven't really felt that connection to characters in other games that I've played before. So it's really nice to have all these different people but kind of that common bond between them through the trauma that they've had in the past. And I guess that's what makes this game really good in my opinion because all the characters are so different. You can relate to a lot of them but also still enjoy all their humour. 
And I think it's good, like, with, with this game, it's followed a bit more of, from what I understand, of the comics more than the actual movie. So it's nice being able to find out more about um, Star-Lord's past is different. He's actually the prince of a royal family of a planet or something. I need to look more into that. But he's from royalty on one side of his family and they don't follow that in the movie. So it's actually cool being able to find out more about this comic since it's actually made me more interested in reading them. Fiona, you were telling me there was there's some little moments in this game, um, in particular the huddle up mechanic um, that can happen during uh, some of the boss battles and things like that, or even some of the other conversation. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you loved that particular aspect of it? The huddle up like mechanic is my favorite thing of all time. So it's kind of like a power up, and once you get to a certain point, you can do the huddle up, and it's basically all the characters, sort of in a cinematic scene, come up to you. And they will tell you about how they're feeling about the battle. Sometimes it'll be quite positive. They'll be really excited and and ready to, to beat them all. Otherwise, sometimes you'll get it when they think they can't do it. And you have to listen close to what they're saying and then choose the option you think will motivate them more. Guys, huddle up! I cannot fight beside you any longer, Rodent. Your battle skills are sloppy and erratic. My skills? You've got all the subtlety of a brain-dead battering ram! Say the word, Peter Quote, and I shall single-handedly tear these fiends apart! Oh, whoa, guys! These insults you keep tossing around? Are we a team, or should we just throw each other's lives away? Because the only thing that matters here is that we knock them out together. Who's with me? Wise words, Peter Quote! This is gonna be fun! And then if you get it right, um, they all get a really cool power-up, for the next few uh, minute or so, but then he played Star Lord played some music from his Walkman. So of course, there's been times where I've done it and I've succeeded, and then we go into Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley or The Jitterbug or um, The Final Countdown and so many other songs. And it's just so much fun to see what songs are gonna play next. So I think it's such a cool mechanic, but also reiterating that bond between them and being able to go okay. I know what you need right now. So it's it's a nice feeling for yourself when you're able to read the characters. That sounds amazing and totally unstreamable. Yeah, it's it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm just imagining now, like, you succeed and it's silence. Um, Fiona, what's the part of the game that you'll be telling everyone about into the future or the thing that you keep returning to as, you know, the game that has put it, put it above all others for the rest of uh, 2021? I would say I haven't played a huge amount of games this year, but definitely the character development, just the character interaction, that was very much the focus of the game. Whilst the gameplay was quite simple, you can tell they they really put a lot of their love and effort into the story and building all the different worlds you get to go to, even though you don't spend a lot of time on them. They give you enough information to be really interested and excited about what you're going to see. So definitely I'd say the story... And the characters are the the two things that I reckon would draw a lot of people into playing the game. If we look at some of the other reviews, I guess that is the main criticism is that, you know, some of the combat uh, and the other parts of the gameplay was considered pretty repetitive. But, um, you know, it, they've been really praised as something that has won. You know what that tells me about the review? What does it tell you, Mitch? I have a, I have a small attention span. 
<laughs> that that if you review a game and you say it's repetitive, it's just I have a small I have a small attention span. That that's that that's just what it tells me. Well, I'm glad I said that in the uh, in the broadest sense possible, not talking about yeah. anyone in particular. But there's yeah. obviously the praise for the narrative and the visuals um, is one that has come through mm. quite clearly for a lot of people. Um, you know, it is it's an exciting thing to see, and you know, I wonder. When the the game was released, I really thought it was going to be much more like the Marvel Avengers game, which was also made by um, yes. Square Enix uh, and Eidos um, as well. Um, you know, and it really seemed like it was its own standalone sort of thing. So quite a cool experience for for one to play. And you know, it's the sort of game that I think you actually probably be able to pick up relatively uh, reasonably priced at this time of the mm. year, despite the fact that it was one of the you know highlighted as one of the best of the year um, available for people to pick it pretty 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 easily. Um, any final thoughts, Fiona? Uh, I would just say, just give it a try. Like like you said, it's pretty uh, reasonably priced at the moment. Just pick it up and give it a try. If you're not a huge fan of the gameplay, that's okay. The story and the characters more than than drive um, like wanting uh, you wanting to play it. Also, the music too, can I just say, is amazing. Like the scoring is really well done for the game. The scoring is definitely uh, like in terms of like percentage it's a lot more scored than it is that licensed music that licensed music only really comes through um when you're in the milano you can choose what music's playing over the speakers and you can change the song every time you arrive um and then in the huddle up otherwise it's mostly all scored which is really cool so that is marvel's guardians of the galaxy uh, available on all the platforms basically every single one you want to play it on it's available there um it's made by idos montreal and published by square enix this is Mainstream. Mitch, this is a game uh, that you played entirely on stream. You're able to get all the way through it. Uh, tell me a little bit about your pick for Game of the Year 2021. Oh, you can absolutely see my entire playthrough of this on our YouTube channel, but enough about that. Um, so this is Unpacking took the indie scene by storm actually i saw it on everyone's twitter actually so i um it's it's the game where you take things out of boxes and put them in their place and find find homes for them uh, in your new living space it's uh it's very it's a very chill game um it's been called a puzzle game but I don't think it really is a puzzle game. I think it's just kind of like it, it is a puzzle game in the sense that maybe it it's very similar to like those children's toys which you have to put things in the right place where they fit, but it's a little more diverse than that. I, I, calling it comparing it to that actually is a disservice. But um it 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 just it it involves you taking very personal objects out of boxes and finding and finding the the right spot for them in in a space. And I really like and um, I think for people that like games or experiences that is kind of like a show-don't-tell experience, um, this game is, is the epitome of that. It, it, there's, a, there's definitely a, a story, and it's a very complex story. Um, and they've definitely used every technique in the book to get a complex story out of a game where you put stuff on shelves, essentially. And it's, it's very excellent. I really like it. Um, another element of unpacking that i really love is its ability to inspire people to create um so at the end of every level after you've put everything in its place uh you get a small animation of everything jumping out of the boxes almost like a small a small like stop motion 
of all the things that you've pulled out of the boxes and moved around and um, and people have used that mechanic uh, to create small animations, which I think is very cool. And the game facilitates that with a uh, with an inbuilt GIF uh, creation tool, uh, which people have been using that to very easily put their creative work onto social media. So I love that about it. And uh, that that's one of the main things I really like about unpacking. Um, it's an interesting game in that it gives you more with your own individual context. Um, I was talking to the developers of this game on our podcast, Lightmap. So that's um, Ren Breyer and Tim Dawson. And I was saying that, you know, for me, one of the moments that really stuck, stood out for unpacking was when you notice that this, the character who's an artist, um, that we, we're unpacking that artist's house throughout their life. Um, and you just notice the number of expensive markers uh, that she's able to afford. She basically uh, goes from only having one or two. And then by the end of her life has got lots of equipment and you can see her skill and her successfulness sort of proceed through life just by the number of these expensive markers that you have and you were saying that there's even a moment there where you noticed because someone brought out a really big bottle of soy sauce you're like ah oh, <laughs> that other character definitely asian <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely um uh, something with those with those markers the 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 brand that everyone covets uh greatly i believe is copic uh copic and uh, the ones you get first are usually uh, a gray and a darker gray, and they're, they're rendering markers, so they they are uh, they're designed to blend together. Um, and so, if you're an artist or anyone to do with like practical and traditional graphic design, you'll immediately know what these are because these are kind of uh, they're square in shape, and uh, they have uh, a thick end and a, and a thin end for you to do your rendering work with. And uh, yeah, it's very it, to the to the to the people in the know. Um, they are very expensive, and uh, ever and um, artists tend to collect these throughout their career, like an essential tool of the trade as well. But you you kind of build up on these as you can afford to buy. Absolutely, because um, it is a consumable item as well. Because obviously, markers do run; they do run out. So you'd be very strategic about it. Um, can you tell me about some of those other little moments in this game that you you noticed that told spoke to you in a way? Another great moment, I think, and I think uh, the game's been out a while, and and while while there is, I think while there is a story, um, so there is a there is a moment where you need to move into your partner's apartment. So you, you're you're kind of out of your own space, and you're into your you're kind of there's a there's a person that you're moving in with, and and there's a moment, and then throughout throughout the process of moving into this new space, you really start to hate the person that you're moving in with. Like you, like as a, as an outside observer, you're kind of like, wow, there's not really much room for my stuff. Uh, my stuff really clashes with the whole vibe that this person's got going on, and it's very difficult to find. Like you get all your stuff into the area, but you find it difficult to make it fit visually, and it, you find you find it difficult to make your things fit. For example, this person has a this person has a guitar. And it's got a nice stand for it and things like that. And um and you have a ukulele and but there's no stand for your ukulele. So you gotta put your ukulele like, you know, under the coffee table. And the the biggest um almost red flag, uh, for lack of a better term, for like this relationship probably not gonna work out is you have a diploma which you which you earned like throughout your university years and the only place which you're allowed to put it where the game allows you to put it is under the bed and i was just like wow 
Uh, this person needs to get out of this relationship. This sucks. And um, yeah. And there, uh, and that that that's probably the biggest moment for me. Any more would be spoiler territory. Um, but yeah, that that that's where I was at with that game. I just I've never despised a non a pretty much non-existent character that I've never met. Like you know, this person exists based on like their their belongings. And but I was just like, this person is awful, and I hate them, and I, I don't think this person's good for my character. I think it's a great game for people who just want to chill out. There's definitely it's definitely one of my favorite types of games, which is called uh, I, I just like to refer to it as a low stakes game. Um, um, I think that these games are just fun to play at your own pace. Um, there's no time limit. There are no there's no point system. Um, there are a couple of achievements for putting things in specific places, but you know they, they you can hunt those at your leisure. Um, it's uh, Australian Game Developer Award winning game, one that I think a lot of people are talking about, and also I think in unlike some of the other games we've spoken about so far, uh, it's a game I think that people who have no real experience with games at all would really get into because really all it asks of you is the ability to click a mouse and drag objects. That's really what it is. And you know, you bring to it your experience of the world and that should give you an idea of what this game is like. So that is Unpacking by Witchbeam, who are based in Queensland. Articles to read, videos to watch, and podcasts to listen to. Sifter.com.au And so that is part one of our Game of the Year episode we've got a big team so we had to split it across two episodes uh keep an eye out for our next episode uh adam and daniel and i will talk about some of the the titles that we really loved this year uh fiona and mitch and nick thanks so much for joining us thank you thanks for having me sifter is produced by uh, fiona bartholomeus nicholas kennedy daniel ang adam christu mitch Lowe is the senior producer and my name is gianni di giovanni i'm the executive producer uh, thanks to brian fairbanks from salty dog sounds for composing the mainstream theme music uh, if people want to find us on the internet mitch where should they go to yeah so you can go to sifter.com.au uh, that that is our website that's where you can find everything that we do and we post it there first uh, you can also find us on our discord uh, that's sifter.com.au forward slash discord we've also got a twitter search sifter hq um and our facebook instagram you know just you know get there from all those if you can't find all those from those links that i've given you then uh you can dm me on twitter and Fiona, we've got another podcast as well. What's that called? Yeah, so we've, that one's called Light Map. So it's where we talk to game developers, creators, and people who are just generally doing cool things in interactive media. Uh, so you can head to your podcast player and type in Sifter, give us a follow, and you can check out all the episodes of Light Map and Mainstream for free. And if you like what you've heard uh, and you want a good New Year's resolution, well, what about recommending these podcasts at our website to all your friends? That'll make you feel better. You'll feel a little bit lighter at the end of the year, I'm sure, as you recommend Lightmap to your friends. Um, but yeah, any anything you can do to help share the show, it really does make a big difference to us. It's, it's it, We cannot sort of really overstate how much of a difference it makes. A certain recommendation from your friend to someone who likes it, it does make a big difference. Uh, stay tuned for part two of our Game of the Year episode on Mainstream. Uh, but until next time, have fun.
If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 